Is everyone ready? I thought we were doing the silent bit, waiting for the podcast yeah, to start. Yeah, we've got the silence bit to come. Or we just go, three, two, one. Because I'm editing this. If I'm editing, I know where I've said three, two, one, which means I know that it's good to go. This is what editors do, owing to the fact that I'm an editor. So, three, two, one. Wow, the entire discussion around how audio works. Yes. Ah. So, three, two, one. TK is the pedantic one. Yes. Hedgie is the crazy one. Hello. I'm the angry one. Pedantic, angry, weird. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ramblings of a Grey Muzzle. My name is Xavier Wolf. I am TK. And I am Hedgie. And we're back for another episode where we waffle on about various topics. This time, this time, we're doing a deep dive. <laughs> deep dive. We are delving deep. So this is going to be talking about personas, mm-hmm. our personas, mm-hmm. and psychological shit and stuff yes. that we know nothing about yay! so yay it's very, pretty much going into our minds and how we came up with the various characters that we portray online and in Sonic some cases Bourne. in real life for those of us that own suits and or prosthetics i so, want yeah. prosthetics <laughs> oh, I we also have a lot of drink bad. we also have a lot of yeah. drink because it's very warm it's very warm it's very warm it's summer yeah. we're talking about personas yeah yeah sounds yeah. perfectly do you know, it is a very toasty 31.5 degrees in my bedroom. He's got a thing. I have a new thing. It tells me how hot things are. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you can also check that by checking your uh, your CPU running temperature. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah. so. Personas. Mm-hmm. Personalities. Yep. Fucking furries putting fur in front of words all the yep. fucking time. Yep. Furkin. Do you know the not furries do that too? I know not furries do that like too. Like the word fervert. <laughs> the furries didn't come up with that. That was the media. It's debatable. <laughs> That's debatable. So Ugh. we need to, before we really talk about our own personas and things like that, is kind of hammer out what persona means because there's a lot of things that someone, if you're not a furry and you've randomly stumbled across this podcast... We're very sorry. Good mm-hmm. luck. Um, what exactly is a fursona? What exactly is the difference between that and a mascot or mm-hmm. a character or or some of the other stuff that exists? Because you two have fursuits and fursuited and mm-hmm. also have fursonas. Mm-hmm. But you've also existed in the fandom where there's also things like the mascots and the characters mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so I think probably the easiest thing to start with that a lot of people would understand is mascots. Well, yeah, because a mascot is usually something designed to promote or to advertise a company or a team of some kind. So, for example, a, a sports team will have a mascot, a company will have a mascot, and... Uh, yeah, and but the this... sports team mascot isn't necessarily there to promote the team as such. They they are normally a focus to rally the fans. Yeah. They are the entertainment to get the fans kind of going to then be able to use that energy to help support the team. Well, there are some that do it. For example, in ice hockey, normally the mascot will appear in any TV adverts for that team. Yeah, but that's because they're a recognisable yeah. figure. It's yeah. like Nintendo using Mario to advertise. Yeah. He wasn't designed to be an advertisement. He was mm. designed to be a figurehead. Yeah. But they will also appear at the games. But so this... that, you know, so that kind of draws people in. Like, if you come to the game, you get to see the mascot and everything. But this does help approach the idea of what mm. a mascot is mm. because it gives two very clear 
things that I can reference to help us establish that one. Yeah. Tony the Tiger. Yep. Being one. Yep. And a football team mascot. So uh -huh. typically the guy in a suit. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Um, I would say, I don't know if you two would agree, but for mascots, it's not really so much the characters. Because whilst Tony the Tiger kind of has a character, he also doesn't. And it's not really about the personality. Because hmm. team mascots don't necessarily have personality of the person inside it. Yeah. Yeah. The... It's more... Look at me. Look yeah, at the, look the at mascot, thing. Sorry. The mascot itself is designed as a promotion kind of thing. The person inside the suit doesn't really portray that character for themselves. They're literally doing it for the Yeah, but they're uh, still portraying brand. a character. It, yes. It's not but they're really performing, a they're performing as love. they're performing as an actor, yes. not as someone that is kind of Yeah, I'm not disputing your point, Hedge. It's Xavier's yeah. I'm disputing. Uh-huh. Uh, so it is, to it is totally a character. That character will have some degree of character development. If you look at all the different sports mascots, you will see that they have a vast array of different personalities and things. And that's not the chap inside's own personality. That is the personality that he's forced to portray mm. because that is the personality of the character. Therefore, VIV, Mr. Xavier, your argument is wrong. <laughs> this is why I wanted to get it hammered out. Mm. Because it is something that people can bring into the conversation when you're talking about fursonas. Mm. So for a mascot, it's not really you portray it, you bringing your own personality into a character. It is more, it's a character. Yeah, it's a corporate-made character in a lot yeah. of cases. Caricature, depending on what you're looking at. But effectively, mm. it's it's a thing that somebody else plays. Well, the easy way to say it is the per the the mascot is not an extension of the person inside it. Whereas with the first suitor, the 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 suit is as well as I perceived it. It was an extension of me. It was something that allowed me to to portray a different side of myself. That's basically what it was. So we're basically nailing it down to mascots are just company personas. Yeah. Um, moving yeah, you do it that way. Moving that forward then into potentially a character, mm -hmm. Disney characters. Mm -hmm. Like in Disneyland Paris with yep. the guys in the suits. Yeah. They're definitely a character. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a persona involved. Mm -hmm. But again, it is something that isn't really dictated by the person in it. It's well, more the person way... is dictated to be a very specific person, character, personality interaction. Well, that's when that's when the thing becomes in between uh sort of sports brand mascot and kind of and fursuiter those those sort of disney things are in between because they are to yeah. be portrayed as children believe them to be yeah so the person inside there has to doesn't think i'm wearing the mickey suit it's like i am this character this person is an actor who's putting on the personality of that character even though they're inside it because they have that has to come out in the external character so it's much more of a role than but that say, role has to be mask. exaggerated that has to be, you know, um, a mascot on a playing field or in Africa doesn't have to be exaggerated because it's just there to be seen. In the Disney character, those movements, those those uh, nuances, they have to be exaggerated because obviously cartoon characters, all their movements always are exaggerated. So they have to be put into that way. The person portraying that character, sorry if we're destroying any magic for anyone that's listening, but, you know. A bit late for that. Yeah, but they're... 
their personality has to be more exaggerated to portray that exaggerated character. So that's in between those those two uh, lines. You've got a mascot, which is just designed to be seen. You've got the Disney character, which is slightly more... There's an interactive there's an interactive element I would yeah. say with characters but the mm. interaction doesn't change the character and mm. the person inside the character doesn't change the character mm. the character is very scripted yes but should we say the the person inside there has no um has no say on how that character will improve that is dictated by the company whereas a Fursona can be refined over time. It can be improved. It can be sculpted like a marble statue. And In eventually... Fairness, so can the mascot slash Disney character. Yeah, but the person inside <clears throat> it doesn't get doesn't get a say on how it... Can, they can offer... Could I portray it like this? And they go, no, 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 do it like this. Whereas with a Fursona, you can decide how that character is refined. And you can, you can refine it down to a fine point. So when you get a, a character that is literally a pure extension of of your personality you say that but from all the um uh, things i've read and seen on youtube about people who visit parks frequently and got mm -hmm. to know the cast members at disney mm -hmm. uh they will be able to recognize who is in a suit by that person's mannerisms i mean even over the years the character has evolved mm -hmm. each of these characters you look at uh like say mickey Scrooge mouse oh, mickey, uh -huh. mouse. mickey yeah, mouse now stuff. compared to mickey mouse when he was first introduced as a park character mm -hmm. uh, ignoring the fact that the suits are vastly different yeah. yeah his whole movement and mannerism is completely different mm. and this, you know it's going to be the same with all the other characters they will yeah. evolve over time but they will be refined is, but that is that is refined by the disney company it's not refined by the person that portrays the character yeah but the person who portrays the character will have had input in this mm. Uh, all the people who play over the various years of the role of Mickey Mouse or whomever mm -hmm. will all have, because they're the guys wearing the suit. At the end of the day, the buck stops with them. Mm -hmm. Yes, they'll have a kind of prescribed way of how to do things, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be able to just... They're not going to be not basically able to put some of themselves into it. Hmm, yeah. You find any actor with any role, they will always have a bit of themselves in it. Oh, yeah. But they will always have direction for that role. They won't be able to go... Do it as you want to do it. It's like, no, you, there are certain nuances which you must put in there. Yes, but your argument earlier is that they never get refined or recrafted by the individual is just not true. Okay, okay. Uh, so, sorry. Um, but this is so sexy. You're just, both of you are just sat there talking bollocks, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Well, the, 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 the thing from an outsider perception, though, with the Des Disney characters is they are portraying the character mm. that you know from the cartoons and the films, blah, mm. blah, blah. Mm. The mascot is just a ball of energy to, to yeah. ramp shit up. Um, I'll certainly cede your point. Yes, they will probably have mannerisms that they'll take through, mm -hmm. but you're not going to see them making Mickey Mouse an alcoholic because that would get them, you know, mm -hmm. kicked out. Mickey Pretty Mouse much. kind of still has to be a certain way. Yeah, he has to be the child-friendly, happy-go-lucky or shucks character. Whereas Goofy has to be the comedic kind of sort of uh, bumbling character who's there pretty much to be the slapstick foil to anything he's in. And the interactions are also the other thing with it because mm. rah-rah crowd mascot, rah-rah business mm -hmm. mascot. We're creating the interaction for the child, so the child has this wonderful moment with things. But there isn't like an ongoing life surrounding that development mm. because when, when you move on to Fursona... The persona is the character that you're establishing 
say internally, externally, however, mm. and it is supposedly in representation of you. Because this is the thing that we're now going to be probably arguing for a little while. The persona is basically the very persona. Yeah, that I will agree with. Yeah. yeah. The the some of the hard part though is it's like, is it a personality? Because this is where we start talking about psychology and we go, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a character that you just develop like D D, all the role-playing stuff? Because mm-hmm. I've got thousands of fucking role-playing characters. Is it something that you develop through interactions as character? Is it something that changes you as person? Because that was that's the There's big a very thing short that we're answer to at. all of those questions. Yes, is the word you're looking yes, for? Yes, yes, mm. just that one word. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they can be all of the above together, or they can be entirely separate. For example, male fursuiters that portray female characters. That that character is going to be a completely different, maybe maybe even a different side to their personality. But in some cases, it's an entirely different character because they want to portray the ultimate sort of female that they have in their minds i thought you were going for ultimate life form there no. i was a bit worried no that's i think the you are thinking a bit too narrow though because you keep mentioning about suits yes. and things but one's persona doesn't necessarily have to re- be a representation of yourself if that makes sense a lot of yeah. people's will be a more idealized version of themselves mm-hmm. for instance uh you'll find people who have quite low self-esteem mm-hmm. will develop very outgoing personas mm-hmm. <clears throat> and but then the it's problem not is... just portrayed in real life yeah but it's also portrayed as their interactions online online obviously is similar to a digital suit you don't see the person inside that you only see what's on the outside so again they are similar except one's physical one's digital and that's pretty much where those can blur in so someone that's portraying a female character in a, a suit obviously is going to adopt the, the mannerisms, the walk and the kind of the personality of a female character. And the same way if they're doing it online, those things are going to happen as well. Again, if you see that person out of suit, they're not going to perform as that character because you're going to think that's interesting. I haven't <laughs> seen that in that person before. What's going on? Well, that, that's something that we are probably going to hit mm. on as we go later on, because this is where we start going into the, the deep dives, mm. really. Uh, just before we do... Not necessarily I, I just want to refresh Hedgie's memory and yes. see um, how what he's just said correlates with his own experience. Okay. Because I remember, I don't know if you still do, but I remember for a while you played a female on Tapestries. Yes, I did. When you say a while, we're, we're talking... Good 10, 15, hmm. 20 oh, yeah. plus years now, aren't we? Because hmm. we're all in our 40s and Tapestries hmm. is, uh, is, is fucking ancient. Yes. <laughs> I think that was during... Is Tapestries muck even still going, I wonder? I genuinely don't know. I oh. looked it up the last time we brought this up. Don't worry, don't oh, mind I've me. I've been purged a long hmm. time ago. Hmm. <laughs> he was purged. He's yeah, too old. Yeah. Keep going. So, so you, yeah, you had a point. It's like, what part of you were you bringing to that character? Why were you playing a female? It's... Because of the desire to sort of see the other side. For example, you know, boys will occasionally put on their mother's high heels to see how it sort of feels in that. You'll have girls that will go, oh, my brother owns a rugby shirt. I want to put that on, you know, and that kind of sort of idea to see what the other side is like. Going to the weirdness that is um, Sigmund Freud is he believed that there was always a desire for a man to become a facsimile of his mother and there's a desire to see that other side i mean you can also get that females will also portray male characters 
I think, again, because I didn't know I was bisexual at that time. I still thought I was homosexual. But obviously, you know, and there's that kind of desire to just find out what it would be like to be someone who seduces rather than be seduced. So there well, was that kind of idea. Let's go via a slightly different route into mm-hmm. us actually starting to talk about our own personas. Because mm-hmm. I did mention uh, roleplay characters. Yeah. And effectively, we have effectively talked about roleplaying characters. Yeah. And the main thing that a lot of people do for role-playing characters, which is mm-hmm. highlighting areas that they want to improve in a controlled environment, mm-hmm. playing a woman. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So I've I've done a those lot. Those two are of, not connected. Those two are not connected. <laughs> I, I've done a lot of role-playing of characters, mm. and, and I've gone across the the, the the gestalt of various personas and um, various ideas. Some of which I enjoyed role-playing, and some of which I could not mm. role-play. For various reasons. Um, and this is going across like superhero stuff, D&D, um, vampire, dark gothic style things, pirates, mm. as well as, as running and doing NPC. So basically, you know, the fucking everything world. Yeah. Role playing a character is a very different thing because you, whilst you are pulling personality out, because TK's done this when he's role playing, you've done this when you've been role playing, yeah. you pull a personality out. Mm. But I would say, it's, whilst it's a nice experience and maybe you learn something, it is one of those things you put back in your box mm-hmm. and then you talk about it with your friends for years on end because that's what role players do. Mm. But it does... Because it, they I, never have any real-world experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I can see where, the, with the online, that would also be an overlap because you have this character... Uh, that you're kind of like role playing, mm. and I and I think this is why I wanted to have this started to start a conversation, because it's some people it will be it's a character you role play and then you put it back in a box, mm-hmm. but for a lot of furries, especially for a lot of furries who've been in in the fandom for a while, mm. your fursona kind of becomes a lot more than a character I role play. It kind of becomes like the same issue I would say with me and TK when we do writing. It's a character that somehow impacts our lives in ways we didn't actually expect. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you can't quite tell, this is me, this is thee, Mm. and bits swap over. Now, there's also a lot of other stuff that I know that within this topic, it's like talking about masks, the person behind the mask, the mask Mm -hmm. itself, things like that. But with personas, and this is the hard line for us, is this... Us creating a character that we roleplay? Or are we talking, especially now we're old, because we're fucking old, mm-hmm. it's more like a side of our persan- personality? <laughs> well, that's fucking kind of a word. <laughs> <laughs> that's a side of our personality hmm. now that just rotates through the usual work personality, house, day-to-day personality, online personality. Well, I'll say that when I first created Blaster Hedgie, that was merely because I needed a character to be when I went to DuckCon, my first convention there. D-U-C-K-O-N. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember what the... Uh, what the um, oh, it's an abbreviation, words, uh... not actually... No, yeah. no, it's, a, it's okay. previous, yeah. That's okay. It was a sci-fi convention, but I can't remember what the actual words were. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, I need a, I need a character, and of course, I was, I had discovered Sonic, Sonic in nineteen ninety two. No, this was way before that. Just the character, and then of course the cartoon came out in the comics, and of course I became obsessed. So of course I thought, 
well, I can't not create a hedgehog character. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just come up with something. So at that point, I just reskinned, as DeviantArt does, reskinned the character, changed it a different colour, added a few extra things like a, a metallic arm to give it give him kind of a sort of a a futuristic look and change the character again. Add the little copyright thing that says, my OC, do not steal. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. And then went with that and thought, okay. And I hadn't seen many, looking through all the sort of pictures of fursuits and things, I'd never seen anyone with a hedgehog suit. But of course, and I thought, well, that will help me kind of stand out as something somebody knew. I won't just blend into the background. So I went and uh, basically found a pattern that was a generic um, mascot costume uh altered it a bit with my mother's help to make it look more sonic-y sort of thing added some fabric quills on the back and developed this character and the way that i portrayed him initially was just sort of a really kind of hyperactive character which again was my excitable nature at being in a new country for the first time going on holiday on my own hanging out with people i'd only met online and meeting all these other like-minded people so of course that part of my personality was able to be let loose within this character because of course there was there was no real inhibitions it's like nobody could see me get embarrassed if i made a faux pas or something it's like i didn't have to sort of directly look at someone when I was talking at them if I was feeling a little self-conscious all those kind of things could be hidden away inside and again that allowed me to express even more because there was none of that self-consciousness or worry that could come out I was all hidden behind this mask and that was something that I absolutely adored plus I got to perform on the variety shows which meant again I could throw my um acting blood into that I could really sort of fully performed there was the fursuit dances where you got to hang out it was a way to become something more than human if you will you're like i'm kind of like a real life cartoon character this is really kind of cool and of course that even just that snowballed because of course my love of the Sonic the Hedgehog character deepened even more. It's like Sonic is my daddy, blah, 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 blah. And we stopped that sentence there. And, yeah. and of course, then I started refining the character and improving the way that he looked and moved and performed. And the hyperactivity went down, the more sort of brooding shadow type character came out. And then it was, uh, and I redesigned the character to look less Sonic-like and more like his own character, whereupon he became this dark, sort of deep, lore-based character that was entirely me, but with a more grizzled personality, with this sort of happy-go-lucky person that I usually portray, became this dark, almost evil character that was like this superhero that I could really be. And that's where he is now, this kind of Duke Nukem-style hedgehog with no inhibitions there and that's where he kind of is at the moment that's cool mm. i got um a few questions from that from yep. when you initially suited because mm -hmm. there was a few things you highlighted on yeah. this when you were playing uh when you had the character that you played and then you had yourself outside of the suit yes yes did you notice any difference to start with in how you acted uh yeah because when i was wearing the suit it was like oh my god i'm part of this entirely new community and and i could just be with this group it was like oh my god i'm part of this it's like being uh, for some if you imagine sort of being in the uh, stands at a or being in the audience at a gig 
and then being perhaps invited on stage by the band. Mm. You're like, oh my God, I'm on stage with, with these people. And then, of course, that that sort of excitement level goes even higher. Mm. Not only are you at the gig, watching gig, watching this band you like, you are now on stage with this band and they're kind of like making you part of the set. So that was the kind of thing. It's like, I don't just get to go there. It's like, I'm now part of this. And people are complimenting the suit. They're asking me about the character and everything. And it's like, and that's when you start building it. Because it's like, okay, well, people have asked me this. I don't know. I've got to put that in. I've got to build this thing. And then you build this giant jigsaw puzzle and go, oh my God, what can I refine? This statue is gradually becoming more and more. It was a massive thing of marble now it's becoming this gorgeous statue that i can see underneath and the more you get the ideas to refine it the more you're excited about it and i think that's why so many people have more than one sort of character because once you've refined one and you get it perfect you don't want to refine it anymore because then you might ruin it so you start on another one yeah um we'll undoubtedly get to that with tk mm -hmm. um but um, say, that's when maybe one of the <laughs> yeah, one. multitude of reasons people switch characters. Mm. But the, the big thing is, when you were outside of the suit, mm. um, did you feel that you could act the same way, or did you feel that you were able to pull elements of that the character you created into your own behaviour, or was it something that you felt you couldn't do? Uh, when I was out of the suit, it was very much kind of I was just sort of chatting with people. Yeah. So when I was out of the suit, I was having breakfast drinking at the bar uh just chatting with people going to the dealer's room and there was there was less of the hyperactivity that i had i still had this kind of like wonder at being on my own in an mm. entirely different country but there was no there was none of that power that i felt mm. i mean there was a sort of a definite power it's like i'm controlling this creature that is not human is half sort of human is completely designed by me and i control this i am kind of like a god right now <laughs> but then, then from from what you're saying it feels like there was kind of a there was the character that you had and mm. then outside of it oh there yeah was you. yeah there was so as that. you were developing this because you said you like adding on to it as you went yep. through life yeah at what point did you start feeling that there were aspects of blaster hedgy mm -hmm. that were you mm-hmm and the aspects of Blaster Hedgy that were coming from to be you, and you were going to Blaster Hedgy, vice versa. You know mm. what I'm trying yes. to say. Yeah. Let's see. It was in the year 2000. Of our Lord. <laughs> I think it was around about sort of 2003. Okay. I decided that everyone was looking at the character going, oh, Sonic. And it's like, no, it's not. I'm a completely different one. So I thought, I, I need to change the character. So I got a an artist to redesign the character completely. And that's when he became this much darker grey, this much sleeker character. The eyes were almost sort of like almond shaped with completely white pupils. So there was no irises there. It was a very sort of... So the, there was almost like no emotion behind the eyes. It was a very stoic character. And that's when I really was able to create a unique personality for that character because the previous version was just sort of a reskinned sonic so of course it had the cocky he had the cocky attitude of sonic he had the sort of the 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 almost sort of like speedy type sort of happy uh gung-ho attitude because that's basically what he was even though i was saying no he wasn't it's pretty much what he was so redesigned because when i described him it's like he's semi-realistic but with toony attributes and semi-toony with realistic attributes so i kind of like balanced him between the two kind of looks so he wasn't a realistic suit 
he wasn't a toony one he was in between and I wanted that kind of sort of ambiguous nature because I wanted him slightly sort of not able to be perfectly understood there were aspects of this character which were mysterious but there was also aspects that were slightly unnerving so I could have this character that was not unpleasant but there was a definite desire to find out more about him and I like the fact that there was a little bit of mystery in that character he wasn't this kind of happy bouncy fox type character that everyone wanted to hug there was a there was a sort of a danger to this character because that's something i don't have and like i am not a person that gets into fights i'm not a person that likes confrontation i don't like that kind of thing this character was someone that had that that was this sort of powerful sort of no nonsense brash fighter character that is in my sort of ego so this is the kind of thing that i wish i was but you know i'm not going to be because i might get hurt so <laughs> so like TK said before, mm. it was kind of a character you developed to promote aspects that you didn't have at I mean, this point. If you made him human, this is what I this would be the perfect version of me. Oh. So what, what I'm getting from this is though Blast Edgy 1.0, mm -hmm. you described, I would say, as someone having more of your energetic and, and ability to perform that you wanted. Yeah. But yeah. it was still much of your energetic side. Yes, it was. The yeah. development into 2.0. Mm -hmm was more aspects that you wanted to have. Yes. Would you say that having created that in your fursona, though, especially now that you're old, mm -hmm. like we all fucking are, mm -hmm. um, has that helped your own personality? Has aspects of that gone, have aspects of Blaster 2.0 gone into your own personality? Yeah, it has, because I've become, I've become definitely more sort of confident in the way that I speak to people. I've become less high-pitched occasionally because some people when they talk to someone they don't know their voice will rise to a higher register so as not to sound threatening whereas i will always have this kind of level in my voice even when i'm talking to someone that i'm not familiar with because i don't go on to that high thing oh hi there um yeah i'm just <laughs> introduce myself and i'm talking this slightly higher voice so i don't appear threatening but i don't do that anymore it's like hey hi there how are you doing let me introduce myself so again i keep that sort of deep voice which i like i used to talk with just my hands in my lap and shrug my shoulders a lot and i don't do that now when i'm answering questions if i don't know the answer i won't just shrug and go mm -hmm. it's like i'll actually give proper answers mm. so i've got that uh more outgoing attitude which is confidence yeah i mean that's mm. it yeah self-esteem my self-esteem has really improved and i've been able to because i haven't worn the suit for a long time so i've had to portray the character through me if you will so mm. i've had to sort of go well i've got to put some of those aspects into me so that you know i'm still recognizable as him but in human form mm. so that's technically what that's helped me to sort of cool. develop so blaster hedgy has a skin sonar <laughs> yeah yeah but you, can, you could call him a skin walker if you will <laughs> well tk you've known hedgy probably the longest um yes you've Isn't known it? him in and out of suit would you say that characteristics from him being blaster hedgy have gone into hedgy and would you say characteristics of hedgy have gone into the iterations of blaster hedgy it's from your perspective hell because he's crazy well yeah that's but <laughs> that's that's just that's that but no uh, a lot of the change could also be attributed to things like growing up as we get older we gain more life experience. We learn how to adapt and do things differently. 
So the 18-year-old version of yourself is going to be vastly different to the 40-year-old version of yourself. Mm. Unless you're called TK, who can shave and still look like a fucking 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah, you're just jealous. But of course, you know, <laughs> the, the life experience is due to the experiences you have in life. And those experiences that I had obviously helped me to, to grow and develop. That. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but Xavier's saying uh, from the outsider's perspective yeah. of you, mm. and it's the, yes, what you're saying there is not necessarily untrue, mm. but to the outsider's perspective... Is that noticeable? Well, if they'd never met the character before, then they wouldn't know what to compare it to. Um, well, the, for this, well, the reason why I asked Tiki is because he's known you long enough to mm. know, mm. to see you've suited and see, see you yeah. mm. out. I mean, it's, it, I've known you for a while. I've mm -hmm. not really seen you suit that much, but mm. I've certainly seen you portray characters. Mm. Um, and I can certainly say, especially now we're, we're in, in, in the year of COVID, mm. <laughs> I've seen a lot of development of you mm -hmm. because of characters that you've created mm. and challenges that you've had to face. It's mm -hmm. like, this was a challenge that you've created for yourself because of a character, mm -hmm. but you then had to develop because X character was presented with a problem that you as a person couldn't quite get over, but mm -hmm. character could, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of the other reasons we wanted to look at it, because for Sonas especially if you're a young furry with listeners, this is something that you can develop to help you get over certain issues. Mm. And again, we're talking about shit that we may or may not be fully qualified to talk about, mm. but also uh, things like sexuality. Or, or qualified and, in the slightest yeah. to talk about, rather. <laughs> but, think, but things like sexuality, bullying, generally finding your place in the world. Mm. Uh, certainly from the conversations that I've had with people who have had their fursonas. Mm. And the fursona then helps with confidence, for one, but also helps them realize that there are challenges that their character that they've created can deal with mm. that they couldn't but they then learn how to deal with it and drag that from their character into themselves so you hedgy um have gone through the, the experience of having your own fursuit that you created mm -hmm. through the fursuit mm -hmm. conventions and developed a fursona yeah um my journey was a little bit different with my persona um, partly because I got dragged up to TK and go, hey, look, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the introduction. Yeah. That's in episode one. Now, uh, before you go into yours, I yeah. think yours illustrates the point that I've been kind of sitting on for the last half hour. The persona isn't necessarily mm. kind of you of a representation of you. It is your avatar in the furry world. Yeah. And, and mine is definitely an avatar because I... Xavier Wolf developed before I met you guys, um, but I never really properly did it because I was very much into wolves, werewolves, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I, we were looking into like... Shamanism? Yes, yeah, shamanism was part of it, but it was, it was like, you know, the, the spirit that guided you, spirit guide. Yeah, the spirit, spirit that guided you. Spirit guide, that's the right. Yeah, spirit animal. Yeah, spirit animal. So we, we like did various things it was like looking into books and stuff and after a, a particular conversation my ex-wife at the time said i had um a wolf spirit effectively and was named xavier oh. so i just took that but i didn't do anything with it for the longest time um partly because it was mostly the spiritualism aspect so it wasn't really a fasona it was like there is this essence you know um Shit happened because I wasn't married to my ex-wife at that point. I was I was just living with her at that point. We split up. 
I moved to Southampton. I got dragged into Sega Park and got introduced <laughs> to these crazy people. And introduced to the world of furries and the world of fursonas and fursuiting, mm. which was, you know, my fear and terror personified because ah. claustrophobic. Oh, all right. <laughs> Short-sighted. Mm. So when they went, hey, you'll be fine if we put this fursuit on. <laughs> that head's very nice, but it's a little bit claustrophobic and <laughs> I can't see shit. So, yeah, but this was my first introduction of the external fursona because I was introduced to a lot of that through Kashi. Mm, yep. Kashi Fox um, And I had a fair few conversations With TK in regards to Kashi Fox Because Kashi Fox wasn't actually Your character No he. Oh you're talking about the Kashi Fox fursuit Yes Not Kashi Fox the person No not Kashi Fox the person Because you didn't wear Kashi Fox the person You no. wore Kashi Fox the fursuit So when you said you introduced it through Kashi Fox I thought you meant the person no, not the suit The suit uh, I think Kashi was around at the time I think you did introduce me to Kashi as well But most of my most of my introduction to a character persona was through the experiences of and your and the stories between how you and Kashi portrayed Kashi, because you had a certain way of portraying Kashi. Kashi had a certain portray, way of portraying Kashi, but it went from there's you with your own characteristics, and then there was the physical avatar of Kashi with yep. their own characteristics. Which was really cool and something I I liked looking into. And you introduced me then into your other fursona characters, which at the time was primarily TK, or Taekwondo Tiger. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult to talk about personas when it's like, name, TK, persona, <laughs> T-Tag, TK. <laughs> what do you run? TK, Kaka. But it was interesting to see the different characteristics and mannerisms that you had for both Taekwondo Tiger and for Kashi. And the personalities that they had. So I, I started looking at my avatar, as it was, which was through drawing and through get, getting people to commission. I say commission, people just started helping by drawing my like character head mm. and kind of building up a, an, an idea of what Xavier Wolf was that looked like. I never was able to get a suit. But in terms of character, I don't think I developed the character much at all because of my own fears with like fursuiting because i associated it with being fursuiting um and i didn't really have too many online interactions as opposed to yourself and hedgy <laughs> <laughs> names are hard but it's I, I didn't have that kind of uplift i suppose for me my character started developing more with the introduction of tiger tales radio and tiger tales gaming so on on the radio i was just a guest very beginning it was i was actually a random guest on a fucking news segment thing and i didn't really have a character per se but as the radio show went on and i moved to like a regular host manning the irc corner bickering with evie interacting with people online trying to help out with blockbusters um the the i kind of developed xavier as a particular character because i don't i think xavier doesn't really xavier is my own personal character is if shit happens, I'm ten. I tend to be have like the longest fuse, really. As much as on the radio, you'll hear me bitch and whine about various things, especially anything with violence and gaming and stuff. I actually have a massive long fuse that it takes a long while for me to ever kick off, and I don't really kick off at people, even at work. It's a case of. I can deal with the problem. Mm. I will deal with the problem. Is but that's a different 
side of my own personality. But on yeah. the radio, I started to be able to express more of an outgoing, you know, this this is stupid. I won't say aggressive. I suppose I was at times slightly aggressive, but much more. I, I have a certain tolerance and I will say this is where it's gotten. And that would range from anything from stupid fucking uwu to um, we all look at the one person who causes that <laughs> uh, to, to this ridiculous of, of various stuff, which meant that we ended up having rule six. But um, <laughs> yeah, look it up on the Discord site. Uh, I, I feel Xavier certainly ha- has a lot less tolerance for people than I do. A lot less mm-hmm. tolerance for idiots than I do and is a lot more vocal than I am because radio show starts away we go work starts yes I do my job unless I can get out of being on the phone but it's like at home or chilling I'll talk but if I don't need to talk I'll just chill and relax Hmm. Um, in a social environment I don't really and unless I make an active effort to step forward I tend to like sit back and watch other people but in terms of online, especially with Tiger Tales Gaming, I, I am a, a lot more forward. And that's something I would say that I find quite comfortable with Xavier, really. He, he's more forward. He's says what needs to be said at times, even if mm. he's wrong. <laughs> and, and I don't mind butting heads as Xavier, whereas as myself... In the real world, I do kind of mind butting heads is as much as people refer to me as a psychopath. So would you say that you have a similar experience to me where Xavier Wolf becomes the sort of the person that you wish you could train yourself to be? It, it's really hard because of work. My work is mm. telephone based. Mm. So I went from customer service warehouseman to you are now on the phones mm-hmm. So in real life, I had to get used to being able to talk to people mm. and I got the habits of gesticulating, which I'm doing now. And I, I got the, the, got taught all of these methods to like help discuss. But Xavier, I would say, is something... Not that I, I strive to be, because I'm quite comfortable with how I am most of the time in real life. But he's certainly a personality I am comfortable with online in the Tiger Tales world. I, I wouldn't take the him brand ethos. <laughs> I wouldn't take him out into the mucky territory that you two follow because because I'm not entirely sure how much tolerance I would have with some of the stuff that you two do. Although I'm not entirely sure because TK delved, delved his toes into other places, so what are you trying to say? <laughs> I feel like my good character's being besmirched. <laughs> you have a good, good character? character? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't bring it out here, I don't want to get it dirty. <laughs> but I I it's it's definitely it's whilst there are some parallels with your own journey certainly hedge i would say it's a, a mm. different journey because i didn't really have a physical outlay mm. for the character mine is a lot more i I've, I've always liked being the voice on the radio i'm not someone who enjoys being on camera any any way shape or form mm. um but i certainly like being able to express in the form that because of tiger tales radio because tk dragged me onto the show and <laughs> kind of helped prompt me to doing the things i've now been able to do mm. is he, he he has a very certain shift in character to my own demeanors and things like that um obviously again tk you being third party and knowing me now for like 20 fucking years wow it's been that long already <laughs> yes Damn. i think it was around about 20 years was it 2006 it feels like it we're getting close yeah, yeah. 
Oh, so so this 15. Would Ooh. you say that, um, because that's primarily where Xavier is, showing show on, on gaming, to regular. Is there stuff that is me in Xavier? Is there stuff that is in Xavier in me? Outside perspective. Well, I think Hedgy can also chip in here because he's yeah. known you for a very similar amount of time, if not mm. the same, because we all yeah. lived together when yes. you were introduced to us. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah. moved in. Well, I think it was... <laughs> Twice. <laughs> it was somewhat difficult because you didn't go to sort of many of the big conventions. Mm. You didn't go to many of the sort of the big... Did you ever go to any of the London fur meets? No. no. Yeah. You guys stopped the London... Well, I don't know about you. I TK stopped mm. the London fur meets once before I didn't I stop the meets. I just stopped going to them. Yeah, they going. carried on without yeah. But yeah, there was... There was very little to sort of see you in the sort of the environment where you're interacting with other furries outside of us. Yeah. So, again, it's difficult to see how that character is portrayed mm. outside of this medium. When, when you've got such a small group to sort of compare with, it, it's difficult to sort of... Yeah, the sample size isn't exactly huge. Yeah. No, yeah. no. And we all have our own kind of radio personas Mm. Um, when we're doing things like Tiger Tales Radio and stuff. In fact, that's an episode I actually take to work because uh, <laughs> I find it helps me on the job. Yeah. <clears throat> it's that vibrant, live, noisy thing. <laughs> it's like you. everyone who knows me from off-air will go, no, that, that's not what he's like. It's a, it, That's mm. an on-air personality. It's like mm. some of the YouTubers say, you turn it on for the camera. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And yeah, we, we turn it on for the radio. Mm-hmm. And so that is an element of a, a persona per se. Mm. But is it your first owner's persona, or is it that just an element of performance you? Hmm. Well, I think with with me, it's kind of, they've almost sort of semi-melded together. So, I mean, my, my performance on the radio is just a slightly exaggerated form of myself with most of my personality yeah. still intact. Yeah. So in theory, it's me, but louder. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas my radio persona is more, it's me, but with an air of being someone who would host. Yeah. Air of professionalism. Mm. I wouldn't say professionalism. Everyone at work says I'm professional, <laughs> and I really don't understand that. <laughs> I, I will say mine, because mine has been more like an avatar that exists. Yeah. It, it, it certainly is a bit harder to bring that into, yeah. like Edgy and like yourself, into like the real world. So, yeah, you've never sort of physically portrayed the character no, no. it's 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 more of been sort of like a an online presence yeah that you've sort of crafted and cultivated yeah and and yeah. expression especially on the radio and for for gaming of mm. who i am yeah. whereas outside of that it's it's like i am not quite that mm. um but yeah i mean it, it's it's difficult it's a very different journey certainly yeah but i i will say like there is a lot there that exists. I think you could probably compare it to, for example, someone could write themselves into a comic book mm. and portray themselves as that character in the comic. Yeah. Whereas someone that portrays themselves in a real life sort of fursuit, where it's very easy to see the difference in a person out of suit and in suit, in a sort of a comic book form, it's difficult to yeah. see where, how different the behaviours are. It's very difficult when one is merely a sort of an online presence where there's no physical it's a very, attributes it's to a compare. Very different medium compared to mm. 
being out and about people. Yeah. Um, which I suppose kind of helps us lead into the majority of our talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people keep saying this. <laughs> now, like... I think the only reason is because out of out of the the people in the house, you have the highest number of um, personas. Well, let's say he has, we have one each. He has more than one. <laughs> well, you've kind of had two, technically. Did I? Blaster Hedgy and then Blaster Hedgy 2.0. Yeah. Well, it was the same, same character, reboot. but you did a full-on evolution of it. Yeah. Yes. He digivolved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, pretty much the same. But it was not a different... I mean, the character kind of grew up, technically. It, I didn't scrap him and go, right, I'm doing that. I'm going, okay, what can I get rid of? What can I improve in that character? Oh. You know, it and wasn't for sort me. Of, yeah. Sorry to interrupt there. Um, I thought you'd finished your point, but yeah. no. Um, for me, it was pretty much exactly the same. Ah. But whereas you took your character and completely redesigned him, mm-hmm. I gave my characters their own characters, effectively. Yeah. So when you go through the TK spots Dalmatian and uh, Pierce Lion, TK is the root. Mm-hmm. Spots is TK's persona, mm-hmm. effectively. And Pierce Lion is spots this for soda. Mm. But all the time, they still have the root of TK. Yeah. So basically, they're Russian dolls. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Well, I think we need we need to... Because we're now going on to multiple personas, we're not talking about multiple personalities. Although mm-hmm. technically, kind of, he has those mm-hmm. as well. Uh, in the furry community, people did get bored of their characters. Mm-hmm. So they dropped them and then generated a new one. Hmm. And and there were some people who kind of got bored of the character, but not enough to drop it. So then created a new one. Mm-hmm. And then there were some people who just kept creating different variations. Well, and you'd also have uh, Wolf Fox Cat thing. A lot of people who would, yeah, mm. as you say, like to evolve a new species, basically based mm. on hybridizing all the features that they like yeah. other species. Uh, mm. But also, people would find that their characters or personas didn't gel with them anymore. Mm. Their life had taken a direction of which their character no longer felt applicable. Yeah. And so it wasn't a case of just getting bored of this character. They'd built the persona to represent them, yeah. or an idealised version of them, but then life had taken them in an opposite direction, and that character no longer represented them anymore. Yeah. And I'm, so it was time for uh, get rid of and get new. Yeah. I, I would certainly say that's something that those people who've had a lot more active, not necessarily active lives, but active part within a community kept on doing, because even outside of like the furry community, there are those people who created characters for their community, but then XYZ happened and either they dropped them or changed them, similar to what you've been discussing. But with the furry community, it, there's a lot more interaction of people and characters hmm. and personas with your persona, character, person. So, yeah, I can see, I can certainly see why people would be dropping stuff because sometimes things just don't mesh or sometimes you, it doesn't just, cl- it just doesn't click. I suppose it just doesn't you you wake up one day and you go yeah I don't like sweater vests you know some something just doesn't feel right yeah that fad has passed yeah but you you weren't really doing it as a fad because none of them disappeared no so let's talk then well let, let's let you talk about taekwondo tiger all right so where to begin at the beginning that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think I'll start there. So, when I was uh, first joining the fandom, as you know, from the first podcast, mm-hmm. it was from the Lion King mailing list, the TLKL. Yep. And that's where I kind of got introduced to the whole concept of the furry idea. Yeah. And people there were, were 
portraying characters. They all had weird and wonderful names, and everyone was yeah just taking part and all having fun, all chilling. And people were known by their furry names or what have you, rather than their real life names. So again, it very much plays there into the online avatar scenario mm-hmm. for their for, for the personas. Mm. It's like they would portray themselves in a, in a certain way that we would on the other end of the keyboard have no idea if that was how they actually were mm-hmm. or if that was just the way that they were portraying themselves online yeah. in this kind of avatorial role and then eventually it came around I was doing taekwondo at the time and it came around to the taekwondo Christmas party <laughs> back in 1999 wow feeling old yet? yes <laughs> very <laughs> and I you know love the Lion King and TOK I was like oh okay this would be an ideal time to rent a lion costume. Because that'd be awesome, you know. We've got a costume rental store. Just get a lion. Yeah, it'd be quite awesome. And so, bimbled on down the costume shop. And it's like, yeah, we don't have any lions in at the moment. They've all been rented out. Bugger. Uh, what else you got? We've got a tiger. That'll work. I like stripes. <laughs> and so, I've got the tiger costume. And that is essentially how Taekwondo Tiger was born. Mm. Because he was my costume for my Taekwondo Christmas party. Yeah. But since I had now been... A year and a half, nearly two years into this whole furry side of things, I uh, thought, well, actually, that would be a kind of cool character to play. Yeah. You know, to have as my online avatar. It's, you know, it's my tiger who does Taekwondo, and I've, I've even got photos of me dressed up as him. Yeah. Yeah, so I've done the whole fursuiting thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I rented that tiger costume from that shop a fair lot over the December 1999 period. TK's actual official birthday is the 5th of November, yep. 1990, uh, sorry, 5th of December 1999, because that was the day of the Christmas party. I got the suit and kind of made the character on the 4th. So you could argue technically his birth, birth, birthday is the 4th, but he was publicly (laughs) debuted on the 5th, effectively. And so that is his effective birthday. And then, yeah, rented it a couple more times, got it for New Year's. And so we spent the new millennium fursuiting (laughs) in front of the Southampton clock tower. Nice. That was a good night out. Mm -hmm. At the point then, he was just still kind of an online avatar type thing and a costumed character, not really hugely interconnected it was still just basically me mm. yeah and then i started writing <laughs> <laughs> moving on from lion king fan fiction we now moved into a series of stories which was for the lion king mailing list and it was just short silly chapters about the kind of the day-to-day life of what tk tiger would get up to and it was called trials of a tiger yeah mm-hmm. it was a little slice of lifey thing yeah and it was basically silly little episodes uh, with a slightly overarching story yeah. that went on for a little bit. And it would be how about he would train with his uh, friend Mike, who was a German Shepherd. Yes. And other things. And then a character kind of developed there, which well, was based on me because it was my kind of my story about the character I created, so it was totally author self-insert. Mm-hmm. Um, he was started to develop traits that were separate from mine. Yeah. He was a lot more confident, a lot more outgoing, uh, a little bit more cheeky. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more ready to leap into the fray of action rather yeah. than leap, run away from it. <laughs> well, from because we've we've had this discussion off air because I had like many questions about what was going on, and TK has a lot of art from that period where people were drawing TK Tiger um, in the gi. No, Dobok. Dobok. Okay. Hedgie has a gi. <laughs> okay, Hedgie's a gi. You're a Dobok. Okay. <laughs> Yes, because Hedgie is Japanese, I think. Is it? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Korean. So okay. <laughs> martial arts wise. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen I've seen the art because when you mentioned the German Shepherd, I I remember there's a picture of like TK in the gear next to a German Shepherd character. Yeah. And everything that we discussed about that with because his art evolved as well. It is very much um happy go lucky looking tiger mm-hmm. with like the triangular Yeah, it was very two D styled because mm. it was drawn by a, a lady called Tiff Bartel, who was back in the day one of the active members of the Lunking Mainist mm. and she was becoming uh, an artiste. Yeah. And there is a book called How to Draw Cartoon Animals. Mm. And I recent I say recent, it's a few years ago, I obtained a copy of said book. And I pretty much found the template for TK in there that she obviously used. <laughs> yes. And it's like, oh, my God, I recognise that, Tiger. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, we like had the discussion because you, you liked that iteration, this was a while ago, of how like TK was portrayed as being exuberant, cheeky, youthful type of character. Yeah. But he, he certainly developed, especially if you've seen the art that is, you can find, I think, still on Tiger Tales... Um, Sight. I don't think so. I think most of the art's gone now. Oh, boo. Never yeah. mind. Um, there might be some for a fantasy still floating around somewhere, but I've mm. got a Dropbox, basically, of all the artwork that I've yeah. managed to find over various hard drives over the years. Yeah. And so I put a folder on Dropbox to store that all in for the archives. Because the thing, the thing with TK, because he's also kind of the face of the show-ish... I still dispute that. Studio is the face oh, of the show. Uh... <laughs> yeah, with, so with the more recent artwork, yeah. I didn't want to... One of us to basically be the face, especially uh, if you've seen our faces. Yeah. <laughs> Not whilst I'm drinking, please. <laughs> but I didn't want myself or Hedgie to be the kind of de facto person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I may have created the Tiger Tales brand effectively, but the brand isn't me. No. And should I wish to, I could step away from the Tiger Tales brand and the brand would be able to continue without me as long as someone else actually bothered to put the hard work in. Yeah. Mm. And so, which is why I made Studio the kind of the figurehead of everything, yeah. because Studio was a neutral figure. He was a plush tiger. He'd been there since day one. <laughs> and so it made sense. Yeah. But you, as TK Tiger, Taekwondo Tiger, you did develop, because you obviously, went, it originally was Taekwondo Tiger. It was. Until I discovered that people online would just say either Tai or Taekwondo. And you could be Tai. <laughs> and it's like, it's felt differently to the Digimon character. Thank you. Yes. Um, and I thought, well, no, that's, if you're going to call him anything, just call him TK, because that's a lot quicker to type. Mm. Yes. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, we'll call him TK. That's fine. And I, in fact, I even addressed this in Trials of a Tiger, because mm. uh, Mike jokingly calls him Ty once just to annoy him. <laughs> and so, yeah, it became basically the, the me, which was TK without dots, yep. and then the, the written character, which was TK with dots, mm. uh, between the letters to kind of separate them out. And basically... The way that we'd all interact online is you'd always just go by your digital avatar name anyway. Yeah. Mm. That then bled into the real world when you start going to London Fur Meets because you don't know everyone by their real name. No. Because mm. you've been chatting to them online by their avatar name. Mm. Yes. And so that's how you address everyone. And everyone just gets called that in the real world too suddenly. Mm. And it just sticks. Yes, because it would, took a while for me to actually get your real fucking name. <laughs> It's not that closely guarded secret. No, but it's, <laughs> when everyone goes, this is TK. Oh, hello, TK. This is TK. TK, 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 TK. Eventually, you find out when you go, who the fuck is this person on this letter? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know X? Yeah, that's me. No, you're not. You're TK. <laughs> you have a real name? What the hell's going on? Bad as Hedgy before he did. He hedged his own name. It was mm, like, yeah. who the fuck is this? Oh, that's me. Mm. Really? 
Yeah. And then he just changed his name by Deepold. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I used statutory declaration. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Deepold didn't let him. No, I, I was just cheaper to use statutory <laughs> declaration. Yeah. It's like a fiver to yeah. make a oh, solicitor okay. sign a bit of paper. Deepold is like 90 quid. Yeah. Statutory declaration is, hi, have you got a slot for eight solicitors? Yeah, could you sign this, please? Yeah, give me a fiver. There you go. Thank you very much. You learned, learned something on this podcast. So that that's the beginnings of TK. How did he develop? How did he continue? Well, with TK, it's kind of hard to say because... He and me were basically the same, but not the same. Because there was the TK that you saw online, yep, which was basically me, mm. just using the screen name, effectively. There was a TK you saw in Written Works, mm. which I'd write it, which was the the character that had kind of developed itself during the course of writing. Yeah. Uh, as we've mentioned before, when you're writing, the characters can often basically take over. Oh, God, yeah. And run away with it, as we discussed during the bucket list. Oh, bucket list as well. Yes, when we were talking about it, because Hedy wanted to write. And we discussed about that there. And Hmm. so written TK kind of ran away from me in that regard. Yeah. Um, And in certain stories, he would also have, in fact, the picture that you were referring to earlier, the one you saw with Mike, um, also had a character called White Tiger in the background. Oh, God, yes. White Tiger Ryan. Yes. Who was another member of the Lion King mailing list who said, Mm. I'm really enjoying Trials of Tiger. I'd quite like to collaborate. And, and so we started writing uh, this thing together where he'd basically come up with the general plot and themes and then I would pen to paper and actually make the chapters. Mm. And it ended up kind of being a similar story to Typhoon Wrath of the Tiger, if you remember that game. Mm. I remember you showing it to me because I yeah. think it's somewhere yeah, in Yeah, it's in our games collection. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and because so, we both enjoyed that game and it had an interesting enough plot that we could... We're not blatantly stealing it because there was a lot of circumstantial differences, but the general kind of vibe we definitely kind of aped. And so the first episode of this news story was um, White Tiger Ryan coming in and introducing the Taekwondo class that TK was in mm-hmm. to the whole concept of chi. Mm-hmm. And there was a very few students who even got a little bit of it, but TK and Mike were one of the ones who did because otherwise the story couldn't happen. Oh, God, yes, I remember, re- I remember you. You let me read some of that, yeah. Yeah. God, that's I mean, years ago. Yeah, it is. Many years ago. This is why I keep my big binders full of yes. things. And people say, you should throw these away. It's like, oh, I Christ don't know no. where the master files are. Yeah, but these, I need no. these printouts. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's all that started. Uh, so, yeah, the kind of written TK just ran away and got his mm. own superpowers and shit. And real life me was kind of left behind going, bye. It was all nice, but let's see ya. But yeah, we'd still get TK in artwork form and every artist had their own interpretation of how he looked. Visually, I didn't really mind too much how he looked. I really enjoyed the Toonie style. Yeah. But I wasn't really too fussed about minor details. So it's like, oh, you're striped a certain way. Not particularly, just go generic. Go what looks good, basically. There's no kind of fixed... All of my characters, it's always go with what looks good. There's no real any kind of fixed characteristics yeah. visually. The uh, The one that I can see straight away is what I would kind of say is like young not young adult older adult tk from the the show picture yeah from back in 2004 yeah yeah i mean that's pretty much tk at the end of what i would call the tk era mm. because the reason i gave my personas personas uh was because the evolution in my life and so as i kind of stopped being that kind of young happy go lucky more um, kind of person in that regard and evolved into the next stage of my life Giving a little bit more bitter, a little bit more jaded, and grow, going down that spiral. Yeah, of... <laughs> okay, he says bit, a little bit more bitter, a little more jaded, right? So going from TK Tiger, having because you were stepping back, I'm, I'm assuming at this point from like the seeing the fandoms constantly as a whole, yeah, yeah. You then create spots the Dalmatian, yep, who is a fireman dog, 
Wasn't originally. But was okay, wasn't originally a fireman dog, but no. ends up being a fireman dog. Yeah. And the art that I remember seeing, I don't think it's that one, because um, it's behind the telly and I can't see it, was spots in the bottom half of a fireman. Yep, beautiful. The yellow fireman trousers mm -hmm. that look like waders, but not. And basically kind of looking like he's supposed to be on a goddamn fucking fireman, you know, open calendar. <laughs> Oh no, that's not spots. That's... Oh, that's not spots. I no. thought that was spots. No, that that's uh, if that's the picture you're thinking of, it was drawn by an artist called Wookie. Oh, okay. And it is just a generic Dalmatian. Oh, I thought that was spots. Oh, okay. No, no that's just yeah, because uh, Dalmatians and Firemans seem to be you know, a thing. <laughs> it's just basically the natural career path of the Dalmatian is a fireman, apparently yes. in the furry fandom. Um, I think it stems back to um, sometime in America where they used to, Dalmatians used to be one of the few breeds of dog that were fast enough to keep up with the fire engine. Yes, yeah. and had, had a good enough nose usually to find yeah. a fire. Yeah. And things like that. So that's kind of where that kind of parallel comes from. Uh, Spots, I think, was originally a builder. Oh, okay. Because yeah, it was a, a good excuse to wear high vis, basically. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, because Spots was, TK was my PG 13, very clean, mm. very clean character. Spots, I was uh, prepared to, it's the next evolution in life. Getting a bit older, getting a bit more adult, therefore allowing more adult representations of. <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Spots, Spots was the person who bought the sun and looked at page three. Yeah. If there was a gay version of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's a good comparison. So talk, talk, to, talk to us about Spots then, because I don't know much about Spots. That's because Spots is kind of the least developed of the three. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, he was an interim character, if anything else. Mm. Because uh, all three of my characters is for a distinct phase in my life, okay. effectively. Um, so TK is the younger one, um, so he's kind of perpetually stuck at the age kind of... in the realm of kind of 18 to 23, mm. that kind of era. Yeah. Uh, spots would then take from kind of 24 onwards to late 30s. Yeah. And then PS Line would take over from basically middle age onwards. Mm. And so that's why you have TK, who is very clean cut, might have the occasional alcoholic tipple, because you know, he's old enough. Um, but doesn't smoke, doesn't do anything like that. You'll then get Spots, who was the first character to start smoking a pipe, <laughs> because at that time I had started smoking a pipe. Yep. And so I wanted to bring that forwards because I quite enjoyed pipes and quite enjoyed firemen and high-vis things. So originally, yeah, builder. And so Spots is where I allowed, yeah, more adult things to come along. Mm. And although it took me until only a couple of years ago to get my first erotic art piece done. <laughs> so, you know, late bloomer. Um, <clears throat> but... Spots was the first character that I was prepared to allow that to happen. Yeah. TK was my clean Disney PG-13, you know, mm. nothing above suggestive. Yeah. Mm. Like double entendre, that kind of thing, but yeah. nothing nothing more. Spots was definitely there. This character has the ability to go full-on adult should mm. the need ever rear its ugly head. Mm -hmm. Would but, you say Spots influenced your life choices not really. Spots was influenced by my life oh, choices. Oh, okay. So life choices happened and then Spots, was it? Yeah, because okay. TK was no longer the... Well, I say TK. The, again, we've got to have the distinction here between mm. real-world TK and yes. Avatar TK. Yeah. And so Avatar TK no longer fit what real-life TK was. Yeah. But he's still there, in essence, underneath it all. Yeah. Mm. He's like the building block that's come. So this is why Spots became TK's persona. It's like, yeah, TK no longer is TK anymore, effectively, uh, because uh, real-life TK has grown out of that bit, and he's growing into the next bit, and so spots will then be created to allow this younger fursona to have a fursona of his own, where he can then role-play someone slightly older, and 
take that stage in. And so, yeah, then that's why Spots started to work with the Python things. And it was to allow those, what I was doing at the time, to come into the character. And also, and, Dalmatians are hot. And did you do much interaction as Spots? Because obviously, my experience of you is TK, TK Tiger. Within the community, everyone referred to you as TK Tiger. And as yeah. far as I'm aware, Hedgy just constantly calls you TK Tiger. Well, TK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So did you, were you able to have that avatar interaction not as such i did have uh, an aon instant messenger screen name of spots for a while mm. so but people who knew spots knew that he was tk underneath and so they knew it was a character interaction rather than a, a me interaction if okay. that makes sense mm. and and on tapestry's mark both tk and spots were there mm. um so that was the only time tk was allowed to be adult is when it was on tapestries <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you then progressed into um, the lion character, yeah, which well, I spots, can, which I remember. Around, spots, stuck, spots stuck around long enough to become my fur affinity avatar. Yes, ah. which, in some ways, is a right royal pain in the ass because <laughs> nobody knows who Spots is anymore. Because no. barely anyone remembers who I am, which, which I'm fine <laughs> with. That's nice. I like blending into the background where possible. But yeah, so Spots became my fur affinity avatar, which uh, was at that stage. And then, of course, yeah, it was approaching kind of. I was getting the idea that middle age was fast becoming, and it was like, well, what do I want to be for middle age? Yeah. Because at the time, I was still a heavy pipe smoker at the time, and I thought, well, well taking that forwards, because I don't want to stop that anytime soon. I'm really enjoying this bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's why PS Line was named PS Line, because the PS stood for pipe smoking, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that everyone says it stands for PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Completely well, my, separate. My my memory of this was you were like in showing me the Lion drawing with like the the big chest, the big fluffy chest. Um, yep. That was Connie Fox's artwork. Yeah. Uh, the green, the green shirt. Yeah. And jeans. And I th- I want to say you were talking about having like around the train set and things like that. And I will say at the time, I felt it made a very good fit of the person you were because you had the train sets. You you exuberated the kind of character. Yeah. Well, at the time it was TK was who had the train set in that picture. Ah, yeah. It was TK because TK was the one in the middle playing with the trains. And PS Line was looking on going, and I'm glad you're having fun. And Spots was there going, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so PS Line was basically the character that at the time of the Spots era, PS Line was the character I wanted to become, Mm. effectively. And so he was a middle-aged spread that happened. (laughs) Um, The the massive uh, pipe smoking, for a while that happened. That had to to be scaled back, but... Pierce Lion's going to carry on with the yeah. pipe because he's a piece of fiction. So bad health effects don't affect them. <laughs> and have you had the the opportunity to like act as the that particular avatar? Not really so much. Uh, mm. Again, when you've been in the fandom for so long as TK, yeah, that's how everyone knows you. Mm. That's going to be your name until you can have as many new characters as you like. But unless you start telling everyone, no, TK is dead. Address me as uh, Pierce Lion from now on. Mm. Then these other avatars are not going to get a look in effectively in that regard. But he's, again, a character I'll write about, uh, and he is definitely more adult-orientated. There is artwork on Fair Affinity of him in uncompromising situations, uh, commissioned by the lovely Wardy, and there was a story to go with it. Ah. In fact, there's actually three pictures in that little series, because I I wrote a bit of story and said, hey, do you want to draw this? And we're like, okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. With money, it's like, yes, of course, there's going to be money involved. Jeez, it's a commission. And then the story kind of grew a bit. And I was like, well, how about we do this with the arc and this with the artwork? And he was like, okay. And 
you know, one big commission later, we had three pictures nice. and three bits of text hmm. and all kind of bandied together. Uh, I've got it on my Sofari profile. PS Line was the uh, one lucky enough to get the Sofari profile. Uh, I don't think any of the social media sites, apart from my UKfur.net, is in TK's name. Because mm. they all came along a bit later in life. Or Affinity came along that little bit later, and then yeah. Sofari came along that little bit later there. Mm-hmm. And so that's who picked up the username there. And it, it's good. So people who don't know me as TK, and they just see kind of PS Line on Sofari. Yeah. Uh, they've no idea of the underlying behind the scenes. So, Ooh. yeah. <clears throat> well, you've you've certainly got a, a very different again progression, especially how you've described it to what I suppose a lot of people would refer to as the traditional persona, because it's like there's the character, or there's the personality that you create as part of the suit or the avatar that you then live with. Whereas you actually went, oh, I'm going to develop and change and evolve. Well, and, it's, it's the people yeah. who find that their characters don't fit anymore. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people will just scrap the original and start afresh. Mm. I didn't feel that scrapping the original was totally valid for me because <laughs> the original was still there underneath it all, kind of yeah. the linchpin underneath everything. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't make sense to get rid of them completely. It just made sense to build a new on top. Yeah. And as Hedge said, like the Russian dolls, basically. So you'll mm-hmm. have a character inside a character inside a character. Uh, and then what you get on the top is the bit that everybody sees mm. but underneath it's still tk so yeah. would you say any of your personas then have had traits that have gone into you the person and anything of you what well, you've already mentioned there's been a few things because of how you developed it so have you felt that your personas have helped develop you as a person in a sense uh i mean again a lot of it is probably due to other life experience growing up and things so but becoming a bit more confident when talking, especially over the phone, because I never mm. used to be very good on the phone at all. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a call centre. So yeah. mm. <clears throat> I wouldn't have been able to get that. And getting the job at Sega Park, I probably wouldn't have been able to get that without elements and traits of the characters that I've portrayed. The more you do something, it does bleed back into you. It, it, it's like that abusive relationship where the more someone <laughs> tells you you're terrible, the more you believe it. We're, we're talking it about positive the... things. We yeah. are talking Shut up, you. <laughs> it works the other way around as well. Yeah. There you go. Abusive relationship. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. No, uh, that, that's Tiger Tales Radio for you guys. Yep. yep. That's what it does to us. Yep. <laughs> but no, so it works the other way around as well. Yeah. If someone is reinforcing and building you all the time, you are mm. going to become built and reinforced. So taking elements that we have in the, in the first time situation is like you sit down and think, okay, well, what would PS Line do in this situation? What would Spots do in this situation? <laughs> um, smoke. That's not good here. Um, <laughs> Uh, what would TK do? Okay, TK's sensible. <laughs> that is the worrying sentence, isn't it? <laughs> TK's the sensible one. <gasps> out of the three. Um, but no, uh, PS Line is definitely the more confident out of the three. Mm. That's going to be said. So a lot of any time is that you'd see me exuding massive amounts of confidence, uh, I'm either winging it entirely and just putting on a brave face, or <laughs> there is channeling of the lion. Ah. And... Cool. Yeah, and yeah, if you see lion channeling, it's like, yes, I'm calm, I'm a peaceful river, I need to smoke. Um. (laughs) There's some really interesting stuff Mm, then. mm. So I think as we wrap this up then, the deep dive certainly has helped, especially me, with how certain things happen. Because I remember Mm -hmm. the conversations in the house of, oh yeah, this is my other character, this is my other character. Mm. And mostly it was a case of, oh yeah, cool, what they called, oh, I don't know at the time but it's nice to see where the mental development was and same with like blaster hedgy yeah. 1.0 to 2.0 and more how you are taking aspects of that even though we're no longer really 100 in the fandom mm. how it's still influencing 
and how you've taken tools from that to like progress and continue. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the fan, the community aspect of the fandom mm. is thing. It, it, it is definitely a teacher. Yeah. And yeah. when you're surrounded by like-minded individuals in a group, kind of group setting, you will learn. It might be subtle. You may not know you're learning when you're learning, mm. but after a few years of being in that kind of thing, you will come away a different person. Your, maybe your beliefs have changed or maybe that you've just become more outgoing and more confident or if it's been a bad experience, you may become less so of these yeah. uh, mm. traits. But the idea is that you can have either the avatar that everybody knows you as, which may or may not be a representation of yourself. Mm. It may just be a completely random character that you then roleplay. Yeah. Or it can be yourself, but a more idealised form. For instance, yeah. if you wanted to be either uh, fatter or thinner, more muscular, less muscular. Yeah, um, definitely in the furry fandom, there are a lot of people who will have characters that are of the extremes. Oh, yes. 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 It means they've got massive willies. <laughs> or they've got real sort of exaggerated... Boobies. Or, or stomachs, really. Yeah. yeah. There, really there's, fat there's, there's a lot of stuff, because hmm. in my time in the house when we're talking with you guys and everyone else, it was, this is the stuff that goes on. Here is the macro, here is the micro, here is the vore, here is X, Y, Z. Well, now we're just talking about fetishes. Yeah. But a lot of characters then were developed from within that, and the characters did that, but had a character, and people yeah, well, did that and had characters. People would create the characters that they thought were hot. <laughs> and if that was representative of their fetish, then, yeah, that would happen mm. too. So you would get the massively obese first because the fat fur community exists, yeah. and it's people who are sexually attracted to the larger people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you would have these massive personas and other things like that, and... Same for pretty much every other fetish that you've got. <laughs> you know, there is something literally for everyone. The, the nature of furry is that you design this character yourself. So yeah. you can be the kind of the otter fox wolf hybrid thing you're running oh, around yeah. that's got bright pink fur and sings tra la la every time it farts. <laughs> oh, you mean Dutch angel dragons? <laughs> Dear God. Not going there. Um, but I, I, I will say it's certainly interesting, especially if anyone's listening, to think about this is more than just what your character is and what influence your persona has had on you as a person and what you as a person has had on that persona. Because it's very easy to go, oh, yeah, it's just a character. I mean, I've done that with roleplay characters. It's, oh, yeah, it's just a character. Yeah, but, but then... Your persona is kind of its character plus. Yeah. It's, it, you, you start, especially if you've had it for so long, especially with TK, it develops, it changes, and it it influences you in a positive way. You can influence it, and especially when you're in the community, it is an identity that gives you confidence, as Hedgy has discussed and proven. Mm. He gained his confidence from being able to be exuberant without worry of embarrassment. Yeah, I mean, for him it was a physical mm. mask, effectively, yeah. mm. and online it's a digital mask. Yeah. Yes. And I will say that we can't really delve into the mask stuff. I have looked into this before. It's really cool and really interesting, but it's one of those topics that we cannot do justice because... Well, we are not smart enough. Yeah, right? the, the identity that you partake when you put a mask on is very interesting because it is a case of, is it the identity that you're revealing because you're revealing the mask or is it an identity that you're hiding when you're putting the mask on your own face? I loved researching that a long time ago. It was fascinating stuff, but yeah. I mean, this is why TK... Um, would behave differently to how I would portray Kashi. Yeah. Because uh, they were different people, effectively. Circling uh, background, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would very get very camp with Kashi. Yes. Because um, uh, he was a fox. There's a certain expectation of foxes in the fandom. I don't know if that's changed since we've been in there, but I'll, I'll not. assume not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so 
I felt I could be a little... I'd say flirtatious is the word. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that I wanna, is. But... I want to say... Well, when when you refer to camp, I say more like the stuff from Carry On Camping Camp. Yes, that kind of camp. Yeah. It, it As much as it's playful and it can be perceived as flirtatious, it is all in fun. Yes. It is all platonic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but it is incredibly ooh-ah-misses. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember the character names, but yeah, exactly that. Oh, <laughs> you mean so what? From from Carry On. The actors, you mean? Yeah. The, the, so the Kenneth Williams, yes. Sid James, yeah. Hacky Jakes. Well, definitely more Kenneth Williams than Sid James. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two extremes. Yeah. That'd be Very really interesting so. if you had a a persona that was voiced by Kenneth Williams. Oh yes, I'm going to do some dancing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we could probably find one. All yeah. I all I would hear is bloody Edna from that bloody cartoon, the telly. Willow the Wisp. Willow in the Wisp. Oh, that yes. was it. That's all I'd be. That's all I'd be able to. Say. It's like yeah, I can't take you seriously. I just keep imagining <laughs> you as a t- TV with antennae that zap people. Charming. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so whereas, uh, whereas I would play TK in the suit, mm. more like a more exuberant version of me. Yeah, uh, because it was me underneath. Um, so I was there to able to kind of not guide how he was portrayed per se, but more dictate how I wanted the public to see the character costume, nice. well, the costumed character. Yeah, um, and then yeah, they'd be able to kind of see that was somewhat reflected in the real world. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to masks off, face to face, actual skin. Yeah, a completely different person almost. <laughs> it's like, oh, go away, it's public interaction. Don't like it, go away, shoot. <laughs> Don't talk to me. The great thing when you're fursuiting is that if you're doing it properly, that's going to be controversial, you're mute. Yes. So you have to gesture and mime and everything. There are, well, there's, there are characters who will talk. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there is no rule that says you have to be a mute fursuiter. No. There's nothing hard and fast, but I know that mm. there are, I suppose, um, certain groups of thought about how it's portrayed. That was our deep dive into personas. Yep. Very educational from my mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I learned things. Yeah. I, learned things. <laughs> I learned about myself. I yeah. learned about everyone else. What I will, though, do is see if we can't get a call to action. I, I will have no expectations for this, but I will put this forward to okay. those people who are listening. We've talked about our personas and our experiences and development of the phonus, if they've infected, affected us. If they've infected, infected us. us. Yeah, well, I've lived in I the mean, house. I mean, technically, yeah, te- they te- have. Technically, they have infected me. I'm still here. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see if, for any of your listeners, you've got similar thoughts. You're of your own character, mm. how it's changed you. Any, like, anecdotes? So I'll say, for a, for a first call to action, because we mm-hmm. haven't done one for Ramblings of a Grey Muzzle before until now. Mm-hmm. Now we've mm-hmm. got some listeners. Yeah. If you've got a fursona mm. and you've had experiences similar to this, you feel there's aspects of yourself that you've had developed because of your fursona, let us know. Give us an example. Give us a little anecdote. Mm. Leave us a comment somewhere. Yeah, we're not sure where yet. Yeah. Mm. Um, I we, think there are ways of, message, of of leaving messages on the episode. I mean, you could comment always, on the episode. You could always try and figure out how to join the Tiger Tars Radio Discord server. I could yeah. probably make a, uh, a channel in there for it. Well, just a, mm-hmm. just a room, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So on the Discord server, mm-hmm. worst come to the worst. Or the website, Apple. I think you can leave comments. Or just email us. Yeah. Comments at greymuzzlepodcast.co.uk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd love, love to have those little things. And if we do get any, we'll see if we can't include them somewhere, either on the show or on maybe the web page. Or just approach us online in person. Approach us online in person. Yeah. Because they're <laughs> yeah. not going to come into the street and see us, no, are they? No. But they've, yeah, we've got various channels. Yeah. We've got Twitters. We've got... Uh, 
Well, we've got the, the Facebook. Yep, and the things. Facebook, and we've yeah. also got our own messengers as well. Yes, we so do. If, if people know how to find us, then yes, they can just can drop a comment that way as well. So with that, then, we shall be wrapping up. So my name is Xavier Wolf. I've been TK. And my name is Hedgie. And this has been Ramblings of a Grey Muzzle. Groovy.